Hello all, my name is Brittany and this is the Exposing Grief Podcast where I continue to remove that stigma of grief and expose it for what it truly is, which is that natural and healthy way of living and loving. I'll also be adding a little bit of a twist. So this podcast will expose the work behind honoring your grief journey, showing you the real hardships and the unbelievable beauty that grief can bring. I'm thrilled to have you here. So let's get to ending the grief stigma and beginning to build hope. Hello, hello. Welcome back, all my Exposing Grief listeners. Welcome back to my March series of diving deeper into topics that have come up in the past that deserve to have more conversation. I am so excited about this topic that I'm bringing to you today because I am so incredibly passionate about it because it gets overlooked and it is so real and I think a lot of people experience it more than they realize. So this week, we're going to talk about ambiguous or living losses. Have you heard of this term aside from hearing it in previous episodes? If you have not, do not worry. Many are unaware of what this type of loss is. And if you have heard of it, fantastic. I encourage you to stick around and see if you learn anything new about it and have different ways to navigate it. So let's first talk about what ambiguous loss even is. So ambiguous loss refers to a loss that is vague or unclear. Where it gets tricky is it triggers the same emotions that one would experience when grieving a common loss, which is the loss of a loved one. And because we experience these same emotions, we often are left feeling frustrated due to the fact that we don't know how to name what we're experiencing. We just know we're feeling sad, frustrated, confused. There might be some element of guilt there, but we don't know how to label it. Ambiguous loss can also be very subjective And it makes it hard to measure. So this can bring our loss into question. So you may find yourself comparing your grief to others. And this comes with common loss as well. But it's a very big trait of ambiguous loss. If we compare the loss to others and have thoughts such as, well, this is such a silly thing to grieve. Or my loss isn't as bad as his or hers. There's also an element of lacking societal validation. So ambiguous and living losses don't get the same societal recognition that common losses do, which then result in us not talking about our grief that's attached to these losses. So when you think about the death of a loved one, a common loss, there are funerals, there are obituaries, celebration of lives, people bring dishes and all of this kind of stuff. When we're going through a divorce and we lose a spouse that way, there aren't a whole lot of rituals or a lot of things that can leave us feeling like our loss is recognized. So then we feel like we have to mute it and feel like we don't have the permission to grieve like we talked about earlier in this month. If you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I'll put the link below so you can have easy access to it. But Ambiguous loss is a big culprit of feeling like we don't have the permission to grieve because we don't get that societal recognition and because it doesn't get validated. It doesn't feel real. When in reality, it really is. Ambiguous loss is so real. <laughs> but because of this, these characteristics, ambiguous or living losses or hidden losses, as I like to call them because we don't really see them, we can't find them as easily, are said to be one of the most dangerous forms of losses. And Pauline Boss, who coined the term of ambiguous loss, she's also said that they're the most devastating because they remain unclear and indeterminate. Without recognition or validation, we attempt to move about as nothing is wrong and not realizing that we have a grief journey to honor just like those who are grieving a common loss. 
So I want to talk about ambiguous loss not only to explain what it is and give you a tool on how to start working with it, but to also validate and say if you are going through a divorce or a job loss or you entered retirement, while that can be very exciting, there can also be some loss that comes with that. And these deserve to be grieved and have a journey honored just like you would if you lost a loved one. So I'm giving you, not that you ever need it, the permission to grieve an ambiguous loss. Before jumping into how we address and cope with ambiguous or living losses, I want to talk about the two types of ambiguous loss. So part of understanding ambiguous loss is obviously just knowing, well, what does that mean? But also understanding how it can show up. So there are two types of ambiguous loss that, again, that Pauline Boss coined. And note that these the information I'm covering is adapted from her book, and there is a link below for you to access that if you're interested. The first type of ambiguous loss that Pauline Boss identified is physically absent but psychologically present. So this is leaving without saying goodbye. So typically, when there's an absence and individuals are seen as missing, that's when they can kind of fall into this type. So for example, families who are suffering around the uncertainty of a missing soldier, not really knowing where, they're, where they are, are they dead, are they alive, all of that. Also, those who are going through divorce, those who are adoptive families or have been adopted, anything that leaves you experiencing an absence of a family member or a parent would fall into this type of category. The second type of ambiguous loss is psychologically absent, but physically present. So this is saying goodbye without leaving. So this is most commonly present for the families who are caregiving for a loved one who is battling Alzheimer's. A lot of individuals in this situation will say, you know, it's really weird that physically they're here, but it feels like they're already gone. Absolutely. Because everything that made who that person was, their their humor, their personality, characteristics, their thought processes are gone. So there's an element of loss there. And this would be that second type of ambiguous loss. And also just side note with this, there's a lot of anticipatory grief that goes with that. I do have an episode about anticipatory grief that was dropped last month. If you haven't listened to it, the link is below. I would encourage you to do so to get some tools on how to navigate that. But Alzheimer's or any sort of degenerative disease can fall into this type of ambiguous loss. So now that we have an idea of what ambiguous loss is, let's talk about how we even begin to address it. So first and foremost, we want to identify the particular loss. You know I'm very hands-on, I'm very tangible, I love to give things to you guys to start implementing into your grief process. So if you are able Pause, take a pen and paper, get ready to jot some things down, at least the questions, jot the questions down because they will take some time for you to answer. If you are driving, that is okay. Just listen to them and then maybe play this episode back so you can really write them down and think about them. So to really know and understand what it is you're grieving, I encourage you to answer the following questions. What have I lost? So when thinking about your current situation, what have you already lost? What am I currently losing? So in your present moment, what are you currently losing? And what do I fear losing? So this hits on the past, present, and the future. So take some time. Jot these down. It's Like I said, it's going to take time for you to explore these because these are kind of bigger questions. And don't be surprised if you don't have answers to some of them. That is okay, right? That can be also be telling of where you are in your journey. 
For an example, I want to talk about or I want to answer some of these questions in regards to COVID because that's the most recent form of ambiguous loss that I experienced. My answers to these questions in regards to COVID, what have I lost? So this was right when COVID hit. What had I already lost when COVID hit? I am an extrovert. I love to be busy with social plans. So when COVID-19 first came on, I lost the ability to fill my schedule with the social gatherings and seeing my loved ones and friends and everything and meeting new people in the way that I was used to. That was something I lost immediately. Currently, in the midst of it all, I was losing the best way that I knew how to connect with my social circle and how to make my loved ones feel recognized and important. Sure, the virtual hangouts were great. They were a great alternative, but I struggled with really feeling impersonal. So I, in the moment, as COVID was happening and we were trying to figure out what was this going to look like and how was this going to transpire, I was losing the way that I knew how to connect to my people, which then was leaving me feeling disconnected to myself. What I feared losing was the strength of my social circle and my support system. I was worried about losing the organic in-person communication and, and just resorting to virtual communication as a way of like, that's just easier. It's more comfortable. That's just what we do now. Like I'm a very in-person person. Like I want to be with you. So I was worried that our world was going to shift from being able to see people in person to having virtual hangouts and all of that to be the new norm. And now, you know, we're coming up on three years of this. There's obviously some different things that have come with that. But that's an example of these questions in place. So whatever your current situation is, if you're going through a divorce, if you lost a job, if you've entered retirement, right, explore what some of these might look like. And when you're answering these questions, I encourage you to be specific about your answers. Try and stay away from just saying, oh, I lost my job. Well, yes, that's true. But what else comes with losing your job? Could there potentially be a loss of identity? a loss of purpose, maybe a loss of structure. And these could also answer what you're currently losing too. I'd also encourage you to explore how this loss interferes with other areas or relationships in your life. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I'm a very systemic worker, which means I recognize it's not just the individual that's part of the problem. There are other external factors, environmental factors, relationship factors, right? There's a bunch of different things that are playing into what we are currently experiencing. So I encourage you to explore because of this loss, how is that also interfering with some of the other areas in your life? And this exercise will not only help you identify what you've lost and how to direct your grief work, it will also allow you to become more mindful of when it's present because it's really freaking hard to work on something when we don't know what it is and when it's around, when it's happening. So hopefully this exercise will allow you to start tapping into some of those areas so you know maybe what the next step is to start honoring that grief journey. And once you've identified the losses that you're grieving, you're going to want to validate, validate, validate. If you take nothing else away from this episode, I hope that it's you take away the fact that you deserve to validate the grief and loss around your ambiguous losses. They are just as valid as the next next person's. Yes, they may look very, very different than someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one, but it is not any less valid. So please keep that in mind. I hope this helps give you an idea of the different ways and reasons of why grief can show up. There is no right or wrong way to experience grief as long as you are walking that journey in a way that feels true to you 
you are doing all that you need to. As always, if you'd like guidance around exploring the exercise given or honoring your ambiguous loss grief journey because it is very different, please reach out. I always love to connect to my listeners. My contact information is below and I'd be happy to assist you in any way that I can. I do offer free 15-minute consultations, which will allow us to explore together how I can best benefit you in your journey. And also, if you know of someone who may be grieving an ambiguous loss, please pass this episode along so they can feel seen and heard and have this tool to start honoring and navigating their own journey. Here's to ending the grief stigma both around common and ambiguous losses, one episode at a time. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Exposing Grief. I want you to know that you are playing an important part in removing that stigma of grief and in turn creating a world where expression of love for our living and deceased loved ones is acceptable and welcomed. For that, I am forever grateful to you. If you resonated with this episode today, please share it with someone you believe would benefit or I welcome any and all reviews so it's easier for others who need this hope in their life to find me. Here's to honoring your grief journey and empowering others to do the same. Until next time.